Good morning. Thank you for joining us as we come together and worship God today through song and through his word. If you please join me as we come together and sing, I will follow.
Good morning. Thank you for joining us here. Thank you for joining us online. It is, it is good to come together to worship. It's good to come together to look into God's Word. And it's a great honor that we have to come together and, and pray. So just a couple of things that I need to, to let you know. If you're following along in the Bible app, all these announcements are there. If you're here, you can still look at those when you get home. Just look at the Bible app there, and, uh, and you can see the announcements that we put on there. And, and information, the, the, the words to the songs. So if you want to sing these songs throughout the week, you're free to do that. Even if it's to the wrong tune. We don't care, okay? <laughs> Just don't share it with us, right? Uh, and so... Uh, so you're free to do all of those things. There's information about the text that we're looking at, some background information that you might find useful as you're, as you're studying God's Word. There's also an announcement and a link to one of our former pastors, Dennis Higgins, passed away this, this past week. The funeral is actually up in Iowa on Tuesday, so you can there's a link to the obituary there. So I want to pray for his family. One of his daughters still lives here. Heather still lives here, so... Pray for the families. They make that journey. And uh, there's other announcements on there, too. I will tell you that we're probably looking at coming back, if everything stays like it is right now, coming back and doing another family church. Some of you, that matters. Some of you, it doesn't. But we're looking at doing that towards the end of the month. And so uh, those things are out there. Be aware that they're there. And be aware. Also, if, you're, if you know somebody that can't watch this online, that, that doesn't have the, the ability to do so, but would like to hear that. We do send out the sermon text and the announcements and the prayer list on Monday or Tuesday so they can read it. So you can look at that. And, and it, it, you know, as a matter of fact, you can read it in a shorter period of time than I preach it. So I don't know if that's a bonus or not. But anyway, so, uh, so be aware of that. Want to want to go to Lord in prayer. Uh, our country, as you know, has been... If you've watched the news, maybe you've turned it off by now. And uh, we, we are in a, in a rough spot. We're in a rough spot with uh, COVID. That's why we're doing things differently. Then we've got all that going on. And I don't know how you fell on one side or the other as you watched those things, what your emotions were, what your feelings were. But I want you to think about this one thing, and, and it's a thing that, that we have as a perspective that sometimes we forget. And other people don't absolutely can't have this perspective. But if the trumpet was sounded sometime Thursday afternoon, it would have taken those who were believers. It wouldn't have mattered what side of the political fence they were on. It wouldn't have mattered whether we're watching TV or whether they were at the rally. And and I want us to be aware of there were people there, there are people in your neighborhood who, when that trumpet blows, will not go to be with Jesus. And that's the one thing that I want to pray for this morning, is that the answer to our problem doesn't lie in a capital in Illinois or capital in Washington. It lies in the throne room of heaven. And that's where I need to be right with, you need to be right with, and the people around us need to be right with. So would you join me in prayer? Lord, I, I come to you in prayer this morning. Father, thanking you for the mercy and grace 
and love that you've showered just upon me. I don't deserve a home in heaven. I don't deserve to be forgiven. The people who are praying with me are in absolutely the same spot. We don't deserve Your grace nor Your mercy. But Father, we thank You that You loved us enough to send Your Son. Father, to fix what we can't fix. To, to heal what we can't heal. Father, I thank You for that relationship with You. To know that, that whatever goes on in this world, and Father, the Bible tells us it will be anything less than, it, it will be unpleasant. Put it mildly. Father, I have a hope in You, and I pray, Father, for those that have that same hope, Lord. Father, help us to cling to You. Help us to trust in You. Father, help us to pray for. Help us to be a witness of Your love. Father, for those who do not know You, Lord, whether they're listening or whether they're not listening, Father, I pray that You would send one of us, one of Your people, Lord, to share the love of Christ, that they might make that right. Father, pray for our missionaries around the world to do that same thing. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join me again as we sing and, and declare where our hope and our love belongs. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on Oh, this comes. 
Good morning. We finished up the book of Joel last week, right? So we're gonna we're gonna move from 
we're doing this alphabetically, right? So we're going to go to Jeremiah. So however that works out for you. We're going to go to the book of Jeremiah. We're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. I will tell you that we're going to walk through Jeremiah for a period of time, and then we're going to go, we're going to celebrate the resurrection, right? And so we're going to move away from that to one of the Gospels, I believe it's Matthew, and then we'll come back into Matthew for a period, or excuse me, back into Jeremiah for a period of time. What my goal is here as we walk through the Scripture, whether it's Jeremiah or Joel or Matthew or Luke or whomever it might be, is to look at the Scripture and to see how it works for us today. Yeah, really, that's what it's about. I, I, you know, I, I can read history all day long, and I find some of the stories fascinating. Matter of fact, we watched something about Cahokia Mounds this last week, and it was fascinating to watch that. But what it misses is it entertains me. It gives me a little bit of knowledge. And, and if I could just find some place to go use that trivia, you know, I might win something. But other than that, it really doesn't have any effect on my life. But when I look at the Scripture, what I want us to walk away with is the fact that the Scripture, while it is history, its story has the ability and purpose it was written that way so that it might change your life today and for the better. To take you from where you are away from God and to bring you closer to God. And so that mat- you know, how, how does that matter? Because it, how, you could be a long, long way away from God. The book of Jeremiah is meant to bring you back to God. You could be walking with God, reminiscent of David walking with God, but you can always be a little closer. And that's what we, we study for. Whether you're far away or whether you're close, we still want to move you closer to where God wants you to be. Because I don't know about you, but I can speak for myself. I have not reached perfection. And so I've got a lot of work to do. And if you're in the same place as I am, then that's why we look into Jeremiah to see what we can glean from there to get us a little closer to being just like Jesus. All right? So, we're in the book of Jeremiah. I want to share a little story with you. So, one of the magazines I get, and and really, you know, in light of everything that goes on, you know, you're peppered with COVID stuff, you're peppered with political stuff, you're you're peppered with things that, that make you, well, not happy. All right? And so, because our world's kind of a mess. And so it's kind of nice to, to escape, right? It's kind of nice. It, it's like the food channel. I can watch the food channel. I can see all the food without gaining the weight. You know, if I would just do that more often. So I get this magazine called On. It's the BMW Owner's News is what it is. And in there for the last four or five months has been this story called Two Wheels South. Okay, Two Wheels South, that's what the story was called. And it was, it was you know, uh, an ongoing magazine story. And I think they may have made a book about it. But two guys from Brooklyn, New York, right? Two guys from New York. Imagine this, they wanted to get out of New York. <laughs> okay? So they decided they would ride from Brooklyn all the way to, and I'm not sure that I pronounced this right, Ushaya. And it is in Argentina, Terra del Fiago. And that is, they rode from Brooklyn until they couldn't go any further 
down South America. The road ends there. When I, I brought it up on maps, it won't give me the mileage, nor will it give me directions to how to get there. It shows me where it's at, and I can see the road, and I can see that they rode to the end. That's where they, that's where they were going to. And there were some stunning pictures along the way. I'd you know, love to share a little bit more about that. There's one where they're standing on something like the Bonneville Salt Flats, and it's got about an inch and a half of water on it, so it makes like the world's largest mirror. Beautiful shots. And, they, and I will tell you, they had lots of time to look at it because that's where they decided to break down. And so, uh, so there's a little bit about that. So here's the question. How do you prepare for a journey like that? How do you prepare for that? Think about that. Now, I, I, I was, I, as I read the stories, I read the first entry to that, it talked about various things. Because what you do at the beginning matters. Because you have to make the right choices along the way so that you can make it through this. And I will, I will share this to you, with you. It won't make a lot of sense to everybody. But they chose to ride older BMW motorcycles, an R80GS. Matter of fact, the bike shop down in St. Louis has one on display. And I looked at it, looked at it just yesterday, and it, it reminded me of the story. They chose a motorcycle that didn't have any electronics on the brakes, or any electronics on the suspension, or any electronics on the, the engine. And, and so, why did they do that? Because they were going to ride through Central America, they were going to ride through South America, and, and a lot of the, you think your roads are bad? These roads are, 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 are even worse, all right? The, this, you think your cell reception is bad? Sometimes there isn't cell reception. And, and you think it's hard to get parts for your car? Imagine trying to get parts for your car in Central America or South America in some places. It just doesn't happen. And so they picked bikes that they could fix. As the guy at the bike shop said, yeah, they picked bikes you're going to have to fix, and you are going to fix, okay, because they're going to break down. New ones are not likely to break down as often, but when they do break down, you're not going to find parts. And so that's how they, along with the clothing they took, along with all the gear that they took, uh, all of those things matter to how they did that. Now, I say that because I don't, I don't think any of you are going to hop on a motorcycle. Maybe you are, but I doubt it. Um, I, I lived uh, through their journey, okay? I read about it, and that's good enough for me. I don't plan on taking off on my bike to do the same thing. But you, I, you and I are on a journey to live out this life as God has called us to live out our life. And, and just as it isn't easy to get from Brooklyn to the, to the tip of South America, it's not always easy in our time to live out a Christian life. And as I look at Jeremiah's life, and we're going to read about it here as we read in the, in the first chapter, kind of give us an overview and setup of what takes place in the rest of the book of Jeremiah so that we have an understanding. But here we have, you know, if I'm going to liken it to the story, the apartment in Brooklyn, we're going to look at it and we're going to see what foundation was laid because Jeremiah made that journey. Jeremiah made a very tough journey in a very turbulent time. And we'll talk about that. But because the start was right, he was able to finish. 
He was able to stand with God through everything that happened. He was able to take that journey and stand figuratively at the end of South America saying that he had done the journey. It is tough for us from time to time to make that journey, to walk with Christ. What can I learn from Jeremiah who lived in times that may be even worse than what we're living in currently? What happened there that I can learn from? What can I see in his life that can help me live out my life? Because what do I want to be in this world? Do I want to be a casual Christian? Do I want to be an undercover Christian? I want to be, and you need to be, what? A light to the world that's in darkness. We just celebrated Jesus Christ coming to be the light to the world. He has called us to be light to the world. How do I work that out in my life? How do I make a difference in somebody's life? How do I get the joy of seeing somebody I know turn from their lostness and find Jesus as their Savior. There is a lot of great joys in life. A lot of times that are monumental. Marriages, babies, grandkids, all of those things. New jobs. All of those things are memorable. But there's nothing sweeter than watching someone turn away from an eternity of separation and destruction and in turning to an eternity, a hope of walking the streets of gold on the way to bow at the feet of the throne of God. There's nothing compared to that. How, how do I set myself up so that I might be the person that God uses to make that happen? In somebody's life. So we're going to read the first three verses of Jeremiah chapter 1. And we're going to walk through this, the whole chapter, but we're going to read portions at a time. So let's pick it up here in, in verse 1 of chapter 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priest, who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin. To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. So in those first three verses, what do we get? We get the story of when did Jeremiah serve God? It was from Josiah to the exile. From Josiah to the exile. Now, so you understand that a little bit. We'll get more in detail. As a matter of fact, the Bible app, if you'll go down there and you'll read, it's a long scroll on your phone, but you'll read a little bit more information about those kings and the years that they, that they reigned as king. Some of those guys reigned for two, three months in there. There's an 11-year one in there. Josiah reigned for a, a, a period of time. And so... One good king, and that was Josiah. That started out Jeremiah's ministry, and after that, they were all evil kings. They were all evil kings. I mean, it was great because Josiah followed an evil king, and they found the book of the law, and they 
They turned things around. Zephaniah, they believe, was a prophet that spoke out of the darkness, and other prophets along with them. And Jeremiah wrote in on that. He wrote in on a revival of God's people turning from idolatry and embracing once again the Word of God. Reading that and repenting. It wasn't, it wasn't perfect, right? But they had, they had begun to make that turn. There was a revival going on. And it goes from a, a, a people that are turning to God to an exile because the turn didn't last. They, 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 they walked out of the, the, the muck and the mire. God cleansed them. And then they dove back into the mud. They, 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 they dived back into the mire. They dived back into the idolatry. They turned from a God who delivered them and turned back to gods who could do absolutely nothing for them. And so they, they went from a place where God, God wanted to restore the people. And they went to a place where God brought in the Babylonian army to carry them in a way into captivity to bring judgment upon the nation because of their sin. That's the time of Jeremiah. That's the time that God chose to raise Jeremiah up to be a prophet. We don't have that ability, but I'm going to guess that if you have the choice that you can do this job at this time or you can do the same job at another time, um, I'd like to be the snowplower operator in the summertime. Right? I mean, you know, that's how it works out. Uh, there's a guy over in Litchfield, he worked out on a forklift all the time, loading up pipes over there, and he said it's amazing how many people want to load pipes in the summertime when it, winter comes around and it's 20 degrees out here, nobody applies for this job. Okay? And so we, we, can't, we can't pick the time that God calls us to work. Jeremiah couldn't pick it, so Jeremiah was raised up in some very difficult times. Hopeful in the beginning. And Jeremiah writes the book of Lamentations as he watches the smoke rise from Jerusalem. So, let's read verse 4. Now the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I'm going to stop for a moment. This is um, Sanctity of Life Month. You're going to see that. You're going to be reminded of this verse. God didn't create you born. He created you in conception. Before I, before I formed you, right? Before you existed, He knew you would exist. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I, will, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. 
See, I have appointed you this day over the nations, over the kingdoms, to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Do you notice as Jeremiah received the call, I have known you, I have consecrated before you were born. And, and Jeremiah says, I don't know how. I don't know how. When you read through the call of Moses and others, they, they felt unworthy of that call. Have you ever told somebody, or have you ever been asked to do something, and you reply to them, I got this, right? What is that? You know, you say, well, that's, that's great. I, I got this. I can handle it. Whatever it might be. Cooking dinner or doing laundry or mowing the grass or, or whatever it might be. You say, I got this. This is not, I mean, if you can do it, it can't be that hard, right? And so I got this. And, and usually what that means is you're going to walk away and you are going to do this on your own. That phrase, I do not know how the excuses that Jeremiah gives to God, they hold hope. I don't know if you know how much hope they hold. If you go in with confidence on your own abilities, we are going to have an issue if you're going to do God's work. I just read something. We discussed on, 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 in our pastor's meeting, we kind of discussed a few things, and one of the things that we discussed was the benefit of of. COVID has been, it's worn us out. That's, that's a great thing, right? Don't you love the feeling of being worn out? But it said this, when we are worn out, we, de- we, we, we usually cannot depend on ourselves. And when we are weak, we turn, or we should turn, to God. So when Jeremiah says, I do not know how, it's a sign that Jeremiah is going to have to lean upon God to, to do what God has called him. God doesn't want Jeremiah to say, okay, you called me to be the prophet. I'll go talk to the king and the kings after that and everybody else and, and I got this. I'll, I'll let you know if I need anything. That's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to live what? Dependent on Him. God wants us to live dependent on Him. So if you're walking, when you, when you look at this, how am I going to get from here to there? How am I going to make this journey and remain with Him? It means to stay with Him as you walk along. Don't go out on your own. Don't walk out on your own. You have an enemy that wants you to walk out in your own pride. He'll take you down every time. Lean on Him. Walk with Him. Stand in His strength. Not your strength. So as I walk through there, it's beautiful to see what God says to Jeremiah. I am with you. I'm That power to pluck down the pull. That's God's power, not Jeremiah's power. That's God's ability, not Jeremiah's ability. And so Jeremiah walks through this with God as His strength. So as we walk through this, as we work towards that last question today, I want you to consider whose strength are you standing on? 
Do you pray only when you can't get something done? Or do you pray on a consistent basis? Do you read only when you need to find the answer to something? Or do you read to build a relationship with the living Lord? Let's pick it up in verse 11. The word of the Lord came to me saying, What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. The word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, Out of the north the evil will break forth on all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord, and they will come and they will set each one his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem and against all its walls round about and against all the cities of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments on them concerning all their wickedness, whereby they have forsaken me and have offered sacrifices to other gods and worship the works of their own hands. Now gird up your lines and arise and speak to them all which I command you. Do not be dismayed before them or I will dismay you before them. Now behold, I have made you today as a fortified city and as a pillar of iron and as walls of bronze against the whole land to the kings of Judah, to its princes, to its priests, and to the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. So in that passage of Scripture, again, there's a lot of stuff in there. And I challenge you to read that again. But do you understand that, that God didn't task Jeremiah with fixing the problem on his own? Jeremiah, God gave Jeremiah the message. I will pronounce my judgment. The word that Jeremiah delivers is not his word. It is God's word that he is delivering. It is God's fix that he is delivering. When you and I share John 3.16, we're not sharing our fix for the world. We're sharing whose fix for the world? God's fix for the world. God's plan. For restoration, not my plan, not your plan, not the church's plan, not Emmanuel's plan, not the Southern Baptist Convention's plan. We're sharing God's plan of hope, not ours. And so when Jeremiah goes out, he delivers not his message, he delivers God's message. Have you ever done something you wonder, I wonder if that's right? You begin to doubt it because you came up with it on your own. But when you know this is God's fix, there's no question. This is God's plan for restoration. Jeremiah delivered to the people of his time God's plan for restoration. They rejected it. He worked in times that were tough. Okay, times were tough, and I will we'll, we'll run across this. You may already know the story, so it'll click with you. Times were tough. There were other religious people, in other words, preachers at other churches, right, who shared a message 
that was different from Jeremiah's. It was the message that the people wanted to hear. I'm going to guess that if you were living in the times of Jeremiah, you would rather listen to a preacher tell you, hey, everything's going to be all right. And you can continue doing what, you need, what you're doing already. It's the other guy that needs their life fixed. That's how we usually do church, right? You can listen to it and say how everybody else needed to hear this. Or you could go listen to Jeremiah, which says to you, hey, you're the only person in the church. You need to repent. Which one? Because God is going to carry us away into captivity. And you're going to not live in your home anymore. You're going to go to another land. If you have your choice between messages, we like that which sounds good. Go back to that example of liver and onions, right? You get fried chicken or liver and onions. Which one do you want? I want the fried chicken, right? Okay, that's easy. And, and so, Jeremiah worked in a time when other people were tickling the ears and preaching lies because they weren't preaching God's Word, even though they proclaimed to be. Yet, Jeremiah was preaching the Word, and they rejected his message. Jeremiah's ministry was not a story of success. Because had it been a success, the people would have turned from their wicked ways and they wouldn't have got carried away. But Jeremiah writes the book of Lamentations because they didn't listen to the message that they needed to respond to. What kept him going? Jeremiah could see the writing on the wall. What kept Jeremiah going? What kept him going through all of that? Flip the slide there. What kept him going through all of that? I mean, times got tough. Nobody's listening to your, lesson, your message. Nobody wants to hear it. You're baking up good stuff at your bakery, and you're serving it up. Yet nobody's coming by to partake of the change. But every day, he delivers the message. Every day, he bakes the goods. He sets them out, hoping that somebody would respond. And the masses just walk on by. What kept him going? He knew it wasn't him. He knew that God had called him to deliver the message. He knew that God was with him. He knew that he had his word. It was his message that he was delivering. Friends, if you and I will stick with the message of the Bible, we know that we're delivering His message. So, when I look at Jeremiah and we walk through his life as we walk through the book of Jeremiah, I understand he got called here. We get to see that. We get to see that he didn't feel worthy of the call, didn't know that he could do the job. But yet he accepted it. And he didn't walk away from it. Even though he struggled with it. He never walked away. He kept on going. He made it to the tip of South America. Doing what he set out to do. Can we keep going? That's what we need to figure out. How do you and I keep going? 
What do we learn from Jeremiah? Understand that God has called you. He has raised you up. He knew you before you were born. He sent his son to die on the cross and sent somebody into your life to deliver that message of hope. And you responded. God wants to use you to carry his message, not your fix, but his fix for this world. How do you keep going? Know that it's God that called you. Know that it's God that's walking with you. And know that it's God's message that you're delivering. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the story of Jeremiah the history of his life. Father, I thank you for what it teaches us. And there are times when when being a Christian, when being your servant, isn't always easy. There are times when I walk away from what you've called me to do. Father, I know that's the case for many of us. Father, I pray that you forgive us. Remind us that you have called us. Remind us that you are standing beside us. Remind us that we are delivering your message, the only message of eternal hope. Father, I pray that this day, Lord, if someone doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that today might be the day that they reach out and at least ask, what must I do to be saved? Father, draw us closer to you than we were before we started this worship service. In Jesus' name, amen. King of
thank you for joining with us today, whether you're online watching us later in the week, whether you're here today, we just thank you for worshiping. Uh, continue to read. We're reading through 2 Corinthians 7 and 8, Psalm 105 through 108. Those are a little bit longer psalms, but we're going to get to 119, so they'll seem like a piece of cake then. Uh, Proverbs 22 and John 10. And, and here's what I want you to do. Whether you're at home or here, I want you to take a deep breath. Okay, hold it, and I want you to look around. Don't breathe. Okay, now come back and breathe. I want you to make a commitment to pray for those people around you, brothers and sisters in Christ, that we do and be the messenger like Jeremiah. We may not get the notoriety that Jeremiah got, but God has called us to go out and be his messenger. As you drive, for those of you who are here, as you drive past other churches, pray that God would use them to reach the people that we are not reaching so that we can have that great awakening and turning from our wickedness and turning back to Him. And um, we're in this together. This is good to speak. And, and pray that the message of God would be preached, not a message that tickles ears. So continue to read your word. And let's commit to praying for one another and let's live like Jesus would have us live. Thank you.